of the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse. for joining us for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. I am your host, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan, lifetime superhero fan, and this is the podcast exclusively talking comic book animation. Welcome to episode 44. As always, I'm going to briefly explain the rules and then we're going to get right into it. Rule number one, like I said, comic book animation. I think I've said that enough times. You should know by now. Rule number two. I'm a big fan of old team-up comic books. DC Comics presents Brave and the Bold Marvel team-up. So every week, it's me and a special guest teaming up to tackle the world of comic book animation. Third, and most importantly, we got to have fun. Like I said, welcome to episode 44. Before we get into our topic, I'm going to right off the bat bring my guest on. Please welcome... Friend of the show, welcome to the multiverse, Eric. Thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, the pleasure's all mine. <laughs> all right, well, welcome to episode 44. And today, well, we're going to be discussing arguably the most popular character in fiction history. If not the most popular, one of the most popular. We're going to be talking the Prince of Darkness, Dracula. Now, this is part of the uh, appeal of why I have guests we are actually specifically going to be talking the tomb of Dracula, which was your suggestion, which I'll admit I had no idea even existed. Not the comic, but the animation. Yeah, that's right. We're uh, talking about the tomb of Dracula, 1980 animated movie from. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, before we get into that, as I can say, Dracula, probably one of the most popular characters in fiction. He's been done in movies, books, television shows. I'd say like him, Sherlock Holmes, Peter Pan, Tarzan, probably the most done characters of all time. Originally created by Bram Stoker back in 1897. And here we are, 2022. We're still talking about this guy. And like Eric said, we are going to be talking the comic book, Tomb of Dracula. Now... I'm guessing since this was your choice, that was something you're a big fan of. Uh, yeah, I uh, discovered the Tomb of Dracula after the uh, Blade movie. It was really popular, the Wesley Snipes late 90s movie Blade. I was really on the Blade hype train, and I discovered that he originally appeared in the Tomb of Dracula comic book. Yeah, that's where my interest in the Tomb of Dracula probably came from. All right, so before we get into the animation, we're going to talk comic book. Tomb of Dracula debuted back in 1972 for Marvel Comics, ran until 1979 for 70 issues. Before we go any further, I do want a preference like I do every week. Uh, there will be spoilers, and I don't profess to be an expert on any subject. I'm a guy who likes to talk comics with other people, so uh, forgive us if we get anything wrong. But this came about supposedly because Marvel was looking to do something that was uh, a little bit more an adaptation of a, a already existing character. They had a great success with Conan about, uh, uh, I think it was about five years prior to that. Plus, the comic code had, uh, they pulled back a little bit in the restrictions and vampires, which had been banned for comics for quite some time, now were okay. They could do vampires. Yeah, there, there was a really a whole history there, right? With um, you know about comic book history itself, where you go back to the nineteen uh, fifties horror comic books, right? Correct. You had um, you know the most famous being the EC comics. You know, Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, Haunt of Fear. They had some really amazing stuff, but of course. It wasn't without controversy because there was a bit of a moral panic about these comic books with these uh, vampires and werewolves and zombies rising from the grave to exact revenge. You know, a lot of gore, too. They're still gory by today's standards. But, uh, you know, like I said, that led to a lot of moral panic. They, uh, you know, there was a big 
to do about it. There was uh, congressional hearings. There was uh, a, a book, Seduction, Seduction of the, of the Innocent. Innocent. Seduction of the Innocent. Yep, they were thought they thought it might turn the kids into juvenile delinquents, um, or communists, though. Or, <laughs> yeah, or communists, or uh, you know, axe murderers. Uh, yeah, they were they, they were uh, they were something. Um, it eventually led to the the Comics Code Authority, though, right? Uh, yes, it led to the Comic Code, which yep. had banned the use of vampires. Mm-hmm. So uh, before this, Marvel had dipped their toes a little bit. Morbius, the living vampire, had been used, right. but he wasn't a straightforward vampire. Yeah, uh, Morbius. I want to get in real quick. There's like right before Morbius, the Comic Code kicked in, and uh, you couldn't. There was a whole list of things you can do. You can't. Uh, Poke somebody in the eye with a sharp stick, or uh, show uh, a girl in a negligee, etc. There was all sorts of rules of what you shouldn't do, and one of those was drug use. Yeah. And right before Morbius is run, I think he appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number one hundred. Was his first appearance, right? I believe. I think it was issue one hundred two, but it might, might yeah, be one hundred. You could be correct. Right around there. A few issues before that, they had. Um, the comics companies agreed to kind of a form of censorship, like self-censorship. It wasn't it wasn't forced, but they kind of agreed to do that, right? Yeah, it was a lot harder to get your comics into all the yeah, shops and whatnot if you didn't adhere yeah, to the Yeah, the comic distribution, code. so there was a whole thing there, right? So they did drop, right before the first appearance of Morbius, there was a uh, drug issue with Harry Osborn was popping pills in uh, maybe like Amazing Spider-Man uh, 96, 97, I remember yeah, that they I, yeah I don't know the exact number but I know uh, what you're Speedy, talking about and Speedy uh, Green Arrow sidekick was addicted to um, yeah. heroin I believe he was actually heroin I believe Harry Osborn they just said drugs they didn't yeah he was just didn't popping pills some people say it's uh, it was a uh, uh, you know LSD or something like that I've heard but it was just pills anyway and uh, they dropped the code for that but Marvel still went ahead and published it anyway I guess they're probably were thinking that you know it it, it had a good message that should be heard about you know that is a social issue and maybe drug addiction yeah the urban legend on that was that they asked stanley to do a Mm. an anti-drug episode and he did it and then they tried to come down (laughs) for using drugs yeah so he just sort of said the hell with it that's the the story anyway so yeah and right after that issue we have morbius which leads into the vampires the tomb of dracula they also had werewolves werewolves were banned All these creatures. Yeah, I believe zombies were not allowed as well. Zombies weren't allowed. So this came out. There was a lot of horror horror books, anthologies that were kind of like redos of the old, kind of taking the old EC horror comic anthology format. Yeah, pretty much killed EC comics. And things like that, yeah. But they put out, yeah, The Tomb of Dracula, Werewolf by Night. There was a Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankenstein's Monster. Frankenstein's Monster, Living Mummy. There's a whole host of supernatural Marvel characters that came out at that time. So the comic was not a uh, instant success. They had a lot of problems at the very beginning. In the first six issues, they went through multiple writers. Uh, I believe it was Roy Thomas's decision to go forward with the comic. But in the first six issues, Jerry Conway, Archie Goodwin, Roy Thomas, and I believe even Gardner Fox wrote issues of the of the comic. None of which really had any kind of direction that. It was kind of all over the map. Like one guy would do two issues and then it wouldn't match the other. Uh, Gary Conway, I believe, just left because he had too many comics he was writing at the time. Roy Thomas, I believe, was like Stan Lee's right-hand man at the time, so he couldn't commit. Uh, Gardner Fox, I was, I read Thomas said, uh, just wasn't the direction he thought the comic should go. But Gene Colan and Tom Palmer were the artists, and they were every issue of the comic the two of them worked on. Uh, so the artwork was tremendous right off the bat. And then issue seven, Marv Wolfman comes around. Yeah, yeah, the great Marv Wolfman. And him and Gene Cullen, they just they just yeah. clicked. And they, they made a great clicked. run from that, that point on. Now, do you know of, this is kind of a trivia question, but of all the, do you know which actor Gene Cullen designed his Dracula on? Christopher Lee. <laughs> that is what I thought as well, but he claims Jack Palance ah, Jack was the Palance, inspiration yeah. for his version of Dracula. I was going to say Frank Langella next, but uh, maybe uh, it wasn't Bella Lugosi. But they also they borrowed from uh, the Hammer films, the old Universal, and the novel when they were writing this. Yeah, it's a very gothic vibe to the to the series. Uh, the look of uh, Dracula with his cape, and it's the first time I can remember uh, I saw Dracula with a mustache. Yeah. Now, uh, 
This is actually it holds a kind of a record. It, it's the most successful comic that featured a villain as the main character where it has the most consecutive issues. It had a seven-year run of 70 issues. Like People could argue Joker, but Joker's never had an ongoing series that yep. ran consistently yeah, I think for his, seven straight years. His original uh, series, uh, how many uh, did it make? The original Joker series, Joker I think it was series? like 10 issues. 10 there. issues, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I don't even know for me that it's a 10 issues or something like that. And uh, Wolfman and Colin had a legendary run where not only Dracula, but they created such characters as Blade, Hannibal King, Deacon Frost, Rachel Van Helsing. They had quite a lot going in that run. Really good run, which I, I read some of it as a kid and I've read some recently. It's something I want to go back and read the whole series. Yeah, I, I actually ran out and I picked up, I met a guy through the back of a comic book publication it's one of those uh, magazines you can get i forget what it was called it's like Commer co- comics gotcha monthly it was one of those yeah. things you get for free i looked at an ad and it was for a swamp thing number one the 1972 for 20 dollars. nice so i wrote to the guy this guy in buffalo new york or somewhere out you know when, when what time period when did this happen this must have been after the blade movie obviously because i said before that you know that's what kind of yeah, gotcha. got me, you know, got my interest into, you know, the Dracula character and, you know, and uh, I ended up buying the complete run of Dracula from this guy for, for, you know, a bit of money back then. But I say it probably over time, it's, you know, a good investment. I'm sure. It's today. more expensive now than it was yeah, in, in yeah, the late 90s. The guy, he gave me a deal. It was great. Uh, Scout Buffalo, New York. I got to put all 70 issues of uh, Tomb of Dracula in my collection as a so little did I know until we discussed what we'd be talking about today. Back in uh, Japanese animation, back in 1980, released Dracula, Sovereign of the Dam. There's a, they call it in Japan, Yami no Teo, Kayuketsuki, Dracula. <laughs> I hope I pronounced that correctly. So we'll be going back. Um, how long have you... I've never... How long have you known about that? I never knew this existed literally until earlier this week. In a scene we'll probably discuss at some point later, I saw a, a GIF or a GIF. on the, You know, people post those uh, little animated yeah. pictures on the uh, on the internet. And I saw yeah. this. A GIF. You don't, a GIF. GIF, yes. You don't have to explain what it is. Everybody knows. And uh, it was uh, Dracula. It looked like the guy from Tomb of Dracula. I recognized you know, it was a Dracula from the Tomb of Dracula. I'd never seen it before. Yeah. And he was eating hamburger. And I thought it was kind of funny, the sight of Dracula, you know, chowing down a burger. <laughs> um, it must have been extra rare. I don't know. <laughs> I guess he would eat his, you know, extra bloody. And that's, uh, I kind of looked into it and I never knew what the, what that gift was from. And it turns out it was from Dracula, Sovereign of the Damned. So we're going to be talking more the English version, but to get there, we have to kind of discuss the Japanese version. I couldn't find a lot about how the decision was made to make this. It's very bizarre because in Japan in the 70s, they didn't even have Tomb of Dracula. It wasn't distributed in Japan. So what made them think, hey, let's do a comic movie. Tomb of Dracula is really kind of dumbfounding. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, uh, you know, it was a Toei studio, I believe. Yeah, you are correct. Toei. They're famous for uh, a a lot of great uh, animation over there and One Piece Still going on. That's a popular show over there. But yeah, they didn't have uh, Tomb of Dracula, but they made the animated movie out of it. So I, I don't so know. So loosely based on the comic book Tomb of Dracula. Original air date, August 19th, 1980. Um, this is the part we're going to have some trouble with because anybody who listens to the show knows I am the worst with pronunciation. So <laughs> it was written by a... And maybe you can help me. Tadaki Yamasaki. Does that sound right to you? Uh, yeah, it's good enough, I guess. And also, um, there's another director, right? Um, uh, the director was Minoru Okazaki. Yep. Yep. Um, and it aired back then on TV Ashahi. I don't know if that's like a particular channel or uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a, <laughs> I believe that's a channel. So then fast forward to 1983, and it's released on cable here in, the Amer- in America, dubbed in English. A Robert Barron wrote and direct. Um, he, well, I don't know. They credit him for writing and directing it, but really, I think he should just be credited for adapting it to an English version because they didn't change the animation style or 
I'm right, sure some of the stories lost in translation. Just the voice, uh, voiceovers, voice acting. Yeah, um, completely dubbed in English. English. The, the, the dubbing in English, right? Now, this was never released on DVD. To this day, has not been released on Blu-ray or DVD. A VHS copy was released in the 80s. Vestron. Vestron videos, right? You Put got it. it. <laughs> I've seen copies of the DVD floating around online. Well, I'm sure it's uh, it's like a bootleg. It's I like it's a bootleg. Yeah, yeah. There's n- it's never had an official release. Mm-hmm. On and DVD it was also in a there was a double feature with the Frankenstein animation, which is also based on the Marvel comic book Frankenstein. I'm very curious how uh, it's just weird to me that they did this, but uh, um, if you look at it, the design of Dracula is actually very similar to the Gene Colan drawings from the Tomb of Dracula comic book. Yeah, it looks exactly like the. Um Tomb of Dracula, um, the art style, yeah, he's, it's, it looks uh, pretty faithful to the comic book. Now, had you watched this before discussing doing this episode with me? Had you seen it before? Because, like I said, I never even knew it existed until like four days ago. Uh, I'd been meaning to watch it, so I just kind of gave me an excuse to, you know, sit down and go and just watch the whole thing. An interesting fact when we, uh, this is the longest running animation that we have reviewed on this show today (laughs) (laughs) it is a runtime of 90 minutes believe it or not i mean that's a lot of work for animation especially then because it was all hand drawing there was no computer animation no cgi like everything was hand drawn and 90 minutes the original airtime so we're going to get into a little bit of the credit where credit is due dracula obviously was created by bram stroker the english dub is a tom weiner who is uh very famous for doing a lot of uh English dubs of anime. He uh, voiced. He did voices in Vampire Hunter D. Uh, he was also M. Bison in a couple of the animated Street Fighter films as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, another thing I'd add is that uh, it was put out by this company, uh, brought to America by a, a company called Harmony Gold, yeah. I believe. And they you were are correct. They brought a lot of um, shows from Japan, and it's probably that first wave of. Uh, you know, Japanese animation that, you know, so popular today. But uh, that was probably the 80s. That's when you, the first fans of uh, anime were probably created watching those Harmony Gold movies like Robotech. Yeah. So I, uh, this was difficult. I, I did a lot of searching. I couldn't even get, I couldn't even find credit who some of the voice actors are in this. This was, uh, this was pretty obscure, a lot of this. I'm going to go over people I could find from the comic books more, not every single person. Rachel Van Helsing is in it. She was created by Archie Goodwin and Gene Colan. And a Melanie McQueen does her voice, but I couldn't find any other acting credits for this one. (laughs) Frank Drake, created by Jerry Conway and Gene Colan. Dan Warnon does his voice. And uh, he did the voice of uh, Roy Fokker, on Robotech, how you had just brought up just a few minutes ago. All right, right. Actually, it was more like a minute. <laughs> yeah. Lilith, the daughter of Dracula, who for some reason in this is uh, Leela, I believe is that what they call uh, let me her. See. Yeah, um, Layla. Yeah, Layla. So got me on my knees. Not sure why. <laughs> why the change? She was created by Marv Wolfman she's, and Gene Colan. She's a great character. You can tell she goes to the. Uh, Vampirella school of vampiruses has that kind of um, character design, which I appreciate. Yeah, those uh, female vampires from the seventies weren't very shy when it came to cleavage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, maybe the yeah, I like that. Yeah, the Vampirella type of thing. She was voiced by uh, Edie uh, Merman, and uh, the uh, thing I could find to her credit, uh, she was the voice of uh, Gatomon and Agawoman on Digimon. Okay. Um, I'm probably butchering those names, and my niece and nephew, I believe, are big Digimon fans, so they're probably going to be <laughs> upset with me for butchering those names. And he's actually, it's Quincy Harker, but he's Hans Harker on the show, and um, that was based on a character from the novel, but his first appearance was in Tomb and Dracula, so technically, Marv Wolfman and Gene Colan kind of I more get the credit for adapting the character. So there is some bizarre um changes to names which i'm not really sure about why that's done but they did it um and finally uh janice uh, is it Janus? i should say the son of dracula and he was created by marv wolfman and gene colin as well so they did adapt a good amount of characters from the comic book so faithful or not, they, you can definitely tell they are referencing the source material. Yeah, they are. I think most of the plot um, was taken. 
of course, it's just condensed. You're taking 170 issues and putting it into, you know, 90 minutes. And most of the character designs, from what I remember, I'm not, a, I haven't read the entire run, but uh, Hans Harker or Quincy Harker does resemble a lot of the comic characters as well as Dracula and uh, Lilith or Layla as they. <laughs> Layla, yes. <laughs> but no Blade, no Hannibal King, no Deacon Frost. Yeah, we missed Blade. It, it needed more Blade, definitely. We do have Elijah the dog. <laughs> we do have Elijah the dog, which we're going to get into more. Um, so strap in. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we are going to talk Dracula, Sovereign of the Dam. Don't go anywhere. Critics are saying dazzling, romantic, alluring, classic, unforgettable. Lavish, astonishing. I am Dracula. Dracula! Words can persuade you, but nothing can prepare you. Bram Stoker's Dracula, a Francis Ford Coppola film. Rated R at theaters now. KTEL introduced new double-sided computer games. When you escape the horrors of Dracula's tomb, Flip over and try your skill in its only rock and roll. KTEL double-sider computer games. Choose from these three KTEL double-siders for the Sinclair ZX Spectrum or these two for the Commodore VIC-20. KTEL double-sider computer games. For £6.95, you'll get twice the fun with two games on one. Count Dracula sleeps in this coffin but rises every night at sunset. Chick is right. This is awful silly stuff. Come on, take it all out. Wow! Pick up, Chick! Come on! What's the matter? Come on! Wait a minute! The nation's top comics, Abbott and Costello. Petrified, but hilariously. Dangerous and terrifying Wolf Man, played by Lon Chaney. Plus that fiend out of a nightmare, the vampire Batman, Count Dracula, played by Bela Lugosi. Plus the most dreaded creature of them all, the Frankenstein Monster, played by Glenn Strange. Plus a couple of luscious but designing females in the spookiest laugh fest on record. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice. Condemned to exist eternally, unliving but undead, and tormented by mortal passions, he is known as Dracula. And we are back. And hopefully during the break, you also just watched Dracula, Sovereign of the Dam. And I got to say, wow, what the hell did we, <laughs> what the hell did we just watch? That was something else. It was pretty exciting, I have to say. <laughs> so we open up with credits in outer space with a narrator. <laughs> like, I got to say, thinking of a, the opening of a Dracula Outer space wouldn't have been my first creative choice. I don't know about you. Good versus evil. Light versus darkness. Xbox versus PlayStation. Um, Etc. It's uh... yeah, big exposition about how Dracula's castle and how it's about good versus evil. We get a bunch of weird drawings, which I felt like were supposed to be credits, but there weren't any credits. Oh yeah, there were some drawings uh, of some uh, little demonic creatures i guess uh, like a little gargoyles yeah. and uh had a nice little harpsichord type of uh, mozart sounding song 
I like that. I kind of like the music, uh, the little opening music. The soundtrack, we're going to get into this more. It's all over the map. Yeah. One minute, it's like classic gothic. One, it's like dramatic. Then it's like disco tech type music and like weird, like 70s, like detective show. <laughs> it's 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 odd. <laughs> so right off the bat, Dracula's in Boston. Boston. That's right. He's in Boston, Mass. He was <laughs> driven from Transylvania and he settles in Boston. <laughs> so right off the bat, we're not even in Transylvania, which makes you wonder why they talked about it at the beginning. But what the hell are you going to do? So. We find there's this group meeting at a church. They're an evil group. The The Black Mask, I believe, was their name. Black Mass, right? Yes. Or Mass, yeah. Did I say Mask? Mask, Mass, yeah. <laughs> mass, Black Mass, like the uh, like the Johnny Depp movie. They are devil worshipers. And we mean the uh, Satan himself, the big red guy with horns. Um, that's who they're trying to... Uh, <laughs> Conjure up. <laughs> Eric painting a perfect picture of what Satan looks like. Yeah. The big red guy with <laughs> himself, yes. Not to be confused with the guy from Legend, but so the best part of this is that some of them show up and he's like, You're late. And they're like, We're in a traffic jam. Oh yeah, yes, exactly. I was gonna say, um anyone who's ever driven to Boston could probably relate to that, you know. Can you imagine explain just, explain to Satan that you're <laughs> late with his bride because you yeah. were stuck in traffic. <laughs> yep. So they're uh, they're carrying a pentagram on the floor. I should say carving a pentagram on the floor, and they're gonna bring. Yeah, they were the, the they were the maintenance the construction crew setting. They were responsible for the the stagehand setting up the uh, the little ritual. Um, because they're gonna give him a um, a sacrifice. There's a super long speech from the main guy setting this up. Right off the bat, I'm going to talk about uh, this. This thing could have benefited from an editor. Yeah. Every scene <laughs> could have had at least like 10 seconds clipped out of it. Like everything seems really dragged out. But we're going to get more into that um, as we go. Dark clouds form the building shake and Dracula shows up and they think he's Satan. Yeah, he tricks them. They actually believe that it is Satan. Yeah, they don't. They, they think it's him. Not, and he doesn't yeah. say anything. He doesn't tell them. And right. he just takes his bride and he uh, yeah, hightails it out of there. It's Dolores. The good news is you don't have to be Satan's bride. The bad news is uh, it's Dracula. You have to be Dracula's bride, <laughs> vampire bride instead. Yeah, um, the, the narrator lets us know about uh, he doesn't like Satan because uh, Satan made him what he is. He's got the girl in a bed and he's going to bite her neck but he can't do it even though uh and i quote she aroused his unholy desire holy desires yes and he won't bite her though because he's in love yeah he catches feelings for her and he just can't quite bring himself to he's never even spoken to her yeah (laughs) somehow he's in love then we switch to logan airport which it's called Boston Airport, but Boston we know Airport, it's Logan. There's yeah. a random woman waving and crying as a plane goes, and she gets attacked by the Prince of Darkness. Dracula swoops right in, goes straight for the uh, jugular. The- and in a weird creative choice, every time a vampire sucks someone's blood in this, they turn blue. Yep, they turn blue. That's right. Um, he also uh, stalks a woman in an alley, and he bites her, and she turns blue. He's insatiable. Two people in one night. He needed blood and he couldn't get it. He needed that blood, yeah. Couldn't get it from her. He was in love. <laughs> okay. And they go to uh, the, the bodies on the television. We go to a bar with a bunch of people hanging out. They're making comments about it. It's witnessed by a wino guy in the alleyway. <laughs> yes. This babbling idiot drinking wino who makes like weird animal sounds and whatnot witnessed the whole thing. Uh, they interview him on there where they... Also allow him to drink while he's doing the interview yeah, on television. He's drinking. He doesn't care. He's, you know. <laughs> and to make sure that they know it's not fake news, they make a point of saying that he's suffering from a 30-year case of alcoholic hallucinations. Yeah. Yeah, they don't believe him. They think he was just uh, you know. What a what a bitch to get an alcoholic hallucination. Yeah. One of the guys says, You don't believe in vampires? She meet my ex-wife. She was an old bat and a real bloodsucker. <laughs> And then the most baffling thing, Frank Drake gets a phone call at this bar from some random woman to meet him in the park. It's urgent. He says he's not into mysteries, uh, buttercup. Yeah. Frank is very smooth. Has a way with words. How she knows he was there is anybody's guess. She calls him, changes his tune when she calls him Mr. Dracula. 
And then he does meet them in the park. They find out that yeah, it's it's Rachel Van Helsing and Hans Harker who's in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and they let him know that they know he's a descendant of Dracula. That's right. Yeah, he's uh, his uh, great grandson or great great grandson or something like that, right? Yes, like his great great grandson. So I'm and guessing then, Layla might have been his relative uh, as well, because but you know they never really establish in this if she we're jumping ahead if she actually is the bride of Dracula or not. Yeah, but this is one of the great first great action scenes. If I was uh, Joe Bob Briggs, I would say we're in for some wheelchair foo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they want him to join and he laughs, but then they're going to test him. <laughs> in the most ridiculous scene I've ever seen, Rachel Van Helsing is running, pushing the wheelchair, and he's swinging his cane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has his cane with sword, a sword cane, and he's swinging at uh, Frank there, you know? And uh, Frank... Uh, does a flying jump kick, though, eventually, and he kicks it out of um, Hans's hand. Yeah, he does this ridiculous jump, like 20 feet in the air, comes down with a karate kick, kicks it out of his hands. They had to test his martial arts skills yes, to see if he could join them. See if his kung fu was any good, and he passed the test. And then he's, he's going to tell him a story about why he hates Dracula with a flashback, where it's him and another guy who try and kill Dracula, but he wakes up, and then Dracula kills the other guy, and that's it. Yeah, I'm expecting like a big story of how he got in this wheelchair. Nope. He just kills his friend and that's the end of the story. Was that his friend or his dad? I, in that scene? I, wasn't sure I have if that was no his idea. His friend or his father, in fact, when they were going into Dracula's tomb. They didn't feel the need to give us any uh, exposition or any details. <laughs> the, the one time they could have given us more and they decided to cut it short. So they offer him a hundred thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, they go back to, to his, join. Uh, they go back to the study, right? His yeah. uh, little study there, and uh, and when he, in a baffling statement, especially in nineteen eighty three, yeah. he says that's more money than I made last week. Yeah, well, the other thing is he would clear the Dracula family name, and yeah. he would um, something about the. Uh, Respect of humanity, or something. Yes, like he that. wants the respect of humanity, and he because he's been stuck with that name for years. Right. Uh, but he then he's like, uh, but uh, that and uh, you know, would get me a cup of coffee, maybe. <laughs> or something like that. Then he says, uh, "How about tossing in a bonus?" And then he pretty much oh, yeah. forces himself on Rachel Van Helsing. Yeah, he he's putting the moves on uh, Rachel, and uh, she did, she doesn't really uh, appreciate that. I don't uh, think. Apparently, the Me Too movement hadn't hit nineteen eighty. Well, he he did. Uh, he did get a half dozen crossbow bolts fired at him, though. Yeah, she so does probably shoot a lot at him, and uh, yeah, she she really uh, threatens that she's going to kill him. But uh, he says he'll join. Then we get our first look at Elijah the dog. Oh yeah, Elijah. It's a funny thing when I was watching this, um, and I knew this was you know uh, we're talking about it's a Japanese show or production. So for some reason I misheard Elijah as kaiju, <laughs> and I was thinking to myself that is the coolest dog name ever kaiju i was like if i don't have a dog if i had a dog i would name it kaiju maybe it sounds like cujo i don't know it's a coincidence i don't think it's a bad name but for kaiju what's that it's like the godzilla movies it's the kaiju I, I totally thought it was kaiju but then i was reading it and it was actually elijah <laughs> he wears a cross around his neck he's like a doberman pincher yeah and he can smell evil he's like an out. alpha he's like an alpha scooby-doo he's badass he, he uh yeah he's got a little cross around his neck I think, uh, you know, we all probably animation fans well love Scooby-Doo, but he's a coward compared to Elijah. If Elijah was in the mystery van, they would probably solve everything. He would just go after the guy and rip the mask off the first chance he got. A coward compared to Elijah. I mean, like. Well, Scooby-Doo's cowardly. That's his thing. Elijah's that's like his... yeah, alpha man. Yeah, he's the alpha. <laughs> this is, Scooby-Doo is like uh, more than dirt compared, yeah. compared to this one. Every time they talk about Elijah, they always close up. And his mm-hmm. eye sparkles. It's yeah, like, it's, ting! Yeah, he's a sparkling eye. He can smell evil. They said he drank holy water. I don't know if that explains how he got his powers <laughs> yes. to smell vampires. Yes, he drank holy water. So maybe that like is infused in his <laughs> yeah. blood or something. That, that might be his origin story right there. Then we go back to the, the, the Church of the Black Mass. The main there, he can't figure out why Satan has ignored him once they've given him his uh, bride. And then... Satan comes forth laughing. <laughs> and Satan's like 15 feet tall and red with horns. And uh, he looks totally jacked up. Totally jacked. 
Super pissed because those idiots can't tell the difference between Dracula <laughs> and him. Yeah. He's not necessarily mad Dracula stole his bride, but the fact that uh, he kind of, uh, you know, stepping on his territory. But he says not to do anything. He's got revenge planned for Dracula, but not for a year from now. I don't. I, things happen that I can guess why he said a year from now, but at the time yeah, it was, was kind of strange. There was a sort of, and at this point we get to a, sort of like a flash forward. I think the vampire hunters kind of uh, go look for Dracula. They yeah, we get a pointless scene of them just looking yeah, for Dracula. They're looking around for Dracula, but I guess he was settling down with Dolores, and uh, they they seemed to get they were getting pretty serious. I yeah, guess. it's Christmas Day, and it's they've Christmas they've had Day. a son, Janice, and there's a baby, and Dracula's looking like a doning dad. I yep. he looks like a, you he's know, a very nice happy little, to be uh, holding his happy, baby, and you know? the baby does look a lot like a young Frank Drake. I don't know if you noticed it. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I never made that connection. So after that, we go back to the the mansion, and they're arguing. Uh, Frank Drake is mad because uh, he says that flea bag Elijah is a washout. <laughs> don't talk about kaiju like that, man. <laughs> oh, I mean Elijah. Excuse me. <laughs> they say that Dracula must be uh, covering his tracks more than ever, and that's why they can't help him. I mean, can't help him. Can't find him. Mm-hmm. They pull out the map showing where um, where he's, they've had locations. And for some bizarre reason, it is a giant bat symbol on the map. Like It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like you connect the dots and it's a giant bat symbol on the map. That's covering your tracks when you're Dracula and you're leaving know. a pattern of a giant bat. Yeah. And then another stupid thing, which is a lot in this. He says, Hans Harkin says, Elijah has proved his worth by telling them where Dracula isn't. He's proved his worth by not telling you where Dracula is. Yeah, that's a, that's a good twist on it. <laughs> okay. We go back to Dracula playing with his son, saying he's a brave and worthy son. Yeah. They go into their, their backstories. Is this where they go into the backstory a little well, bit? Well, he confesses or? first that I'm not Satan. Like, right. like that's oh, a yeah. big revelation. Yeah. She's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she shows his reflection, but she says she knew he was Satan, wasn't Satan the whole time. Right, and she goes into her backstory. She had some issues and fell in with a cult, I believe. You know, maybe. yeah. She said that she was unloved and uh, yeah, she got into all these things. He asked if you knew why did you marry me. I guess at that point we're supposed to think she had a choice in the matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe she uh, reciprocated his feelings, I guess. And she like, says that uh, the awesome bond of love will conquer Satan. And then we get the flashback origin of Dracula, where he explains how Transylvania was pretty much once a paradise. This is cool. Like a medieval, uh, they go back to the yeah, medieval Yeah, they go times. back to, five, I think they said 500 years, yep. or it might have been 400 years. They were peaceful, but they were very good at uh, defending against invaders. Yeah, they were getting attacked by everybody. Attila, Attila the Hun. The uh, yeah, he's, uh, barbarian. Yeah, he's defeated them several times, they say. Yeah, but this is when he, uh, they basically go into, he's Vlad the Impaler. Right? Yeah. Right? He basically, he's like, he's had enough. It's not working. They keep attacking. So he's going to impale all of his uh, victims to send a warning, which did work, he says. And he said he became a butcher for peace. Yep. But that kind of pissed off his enemies. So they joined forces and they do kill him. Yeah, he's finally defeated. Dies in a pool of his own blood, he says. And then we go to Satan, brings him back from the dead as a vampire, condemned to be the prince of the vampires. We've got some really weird music. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but some bizarre music going with this whole thing. And then he says how the cross represents internal damnation, and that's why yeah, it's crosses are it's famously such a uh, the uh, vampire's um, weakness on he, garlic. Yeah. Stuff like that. Holy water. He, he says how he fled to America because they don't believe in vampires here, but the Europeans do. So he figured he yeah, could we're, go unnoticed. We're more, uh, uh, what would you say? It's a more material interest. Yes. <laughs> Americans are more materialistic. As a, not as spiritual, I guess. We're buying sneakers with lights in them and iPods while the Europeans are fighting uh, yeah, <laughs> the undead. Good. He wanted to, he knew what the black mass was doing. So he wanted to get revenge on Satan by killing satan's bride uh but he fell in love instead that's right it's it's a romance it's really romantic actually yeah his frozen heart burned like a torch when she saw him oh that's that's uh, nice he made her feel special (laughs) so uh the way uh her his eyes never left her when they were together she never felt love knowing that 
he couldn't possibly be all evil. Then we find that to all the uh, blue blue people in the back alleys, but we'll just forget about that <laughs> for a second. Well, she said he couldn't be all evil, so oh, I guess he's evil, yeah. partially evil. Yeah. Satan says now it's time for revenge, and they release a bird, which uh, Elijah is following, leading the vampire hunters it's to like a carrier pigeon type of thing, right? It's yeah, like it's like a carrier pigeon, but it's like a raven. They follow it. Dracula gets the note attached to it saying that the black mass, they want to baptize Janice. I keep saying Janice. Janus. Is it Janus or Janice? I thought it was Janus, but maybe it was Janice. Janice. It's spelled J-A-N-U-S. So, yeah, Janice, Janice works. Uh, <laughs> Janice sounds like too female to me. So. Oh, okay. But you could be right. Now, I wish I remembered it now. But, uh, Jan- Janus, yeah. I suppose. It says the baptism could be uh, valuable, so they're going to do it. I'm not sure why... Uh, yeah, that didn't Why really you would do that? That seems idiotic to me. Saying that they were sworn enemies, but he was like, you know what? This might work out. Uh, we should, you know, this would be good f- to baptize our son with my sworn enemies, um, Black Mass. Well, I guess oh. he fooled them once. He can fool them again. Sure. <laughs> so then uh, they're following him in the car, the vampire hunters, where at one point Frank Drake says, laughs and says, why are you two so uptight? He's just another boogeyman. <laughs> Frank Drake doesn't pay Dracula no mind. He'll, just another day of the office for Frank Drake. So they follow him. Who, they're in a horse and carriage. Han says they need to know who that woman and baby are before killing them. They go back to the Church of Satan and every, everything's empty. It's all suspicious. And then, big shutters cover every window in the church with giant crosses on them. It was a trap. The whole a trap. Time. It's a trap. The hunters are trapped outside, and uh, Frank says, that's solid steel. How he knows that right off the bat, I really don't know, but <laughs> the crosses are really causing Dracula some, an- an- some anguish. Yeah, he doesn't like the, those crosses. They're no. freaking him out. And, uh, He's getting they, crazy visual things, you know. They're yeah, the crosses are like making his vision blurry and everything. Yeah, it looks kind of like a kaleidoscope, almost. kaleidoscope thing. Yeah, that was a cool effect, I guess. And the uh, the head of the cult says that he's going to pay for sacrilege, fraudulent, pretending he was Satan and stealing Satan's bride. Um, he's got a gun, which he tells him. Even though Gracula says it can't hurt him, he says the guns have silver bullets in them. Which, uh, by the way, I I got to take a little issue with. I thought. Silver is for werewolves. Well, it is, um, but if you look in the lore, and I didn't honestly know this until I saw the movie uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that um, movie, I guess. When Judas betrayed Jesus, the Romans paid him in silver. In silver, yeah. So God right, cursed right. silver that after was, that. So that's why silver can hurt an old unholy vampire. Was that in uh, John Carpenter's? vampire as well that kind of lore it um, might have been um the lore that's why the, the where the silver comes from right? uh, that's where the whole silver thing that's why it works on uh it's not yeah. incorporated in every legend of a lot of dracula and vampires don't use the silver mm-hmm. i think it's because of the whole werewolf but the whole the whole silver thing with werewolves only came about because the guy who wrote the screenplay for the wolfman was a big fan of the lone ranger that's the only reason oh yeah okay. that's the only reason silver even hurts werewolves so it, so it isn't really uh it's not uh, even attached to any lore or anything lore, like that yeah, old folklore okay <laughs> so actually if you think about it vampires have more of a ownership on silver than werewolves yeah that makes sense now so he shoots dracula turns in the mist so the bullet hits poor janice instead yeah so this dracula flips out and grabs chokes the life out of the guy and like tosses him by the neck which i gotta say was pretty awesome yeah, he really, he really just uh, body slams him right into the uh, altar and everything. His mask falls off. And he's so mad, he's gives gonna, him the business. He's gonna destroy the church with his bare hands. He starts throwing columns, smashing things down. He throws the column right through solid steel. And uh, then Drake and Elijah they attack him because they can get in now. Dracula pretty much wrecks them both. Yeah, you get to see more of um, Frank's uh, karate skills. But uh, the crossbows um, just bounce right off him. Yeah. So she tries shooting him with a crossbow. Um, Kaiju attacks him. <laughs> and like... <laughs> Nothing really uh, phases him, though. What I found really annoying about this was you've built up Frank Drake so much at this point, and then when he actually gets toe-to-toe with Dracula, he just gets his ass handed to him. Yeah. It wasn't a good showing for the... Uh, Even though Dracula is just another the vampire hunters this round. He's going to kill him, but Dolores says to stop killing. Their son is gone. And it's not going to bring him back. 
So Dracula, like, he exits, screaming at the top of the rooftops, all nature must mourn his loss. And, like, lightning and clouds and rain happen. Then we go back to the narrator again, who says, oh, a quiet fell on Boston. But then we switch to New York. And we go to a nightclub where there's this one particular brunette dancing that all the dudes are, uh, they're eyeballing. They're, they're digging this brunette. Yep. Got some killer dance moves. Disco fever time right now. And uh, one of them convinces her to go off in his convertible. And my favorite line of the whole episode, she says, what's your sign? And he says, caution, man at work. Huh? <laughs> what? Oh, I, I missed that one. All you single fellows out there, this is how you pick up the ladies. Yeah, this guy's a real, real player, obviously. They hear a bunch of things on the news about uh, there's a vampire hunter, there's a bunch of bloodless corpses. He jokes about how he is the vampire killer. He really won't let it go, too, no matter how hysterical she's getting about it. Well, she was, uh, you know, leaning. I'm like, oh, stop being creepy, you know? Oh, stop it, stop it. Uh, He's still, he's going with it. Like, he went from suave with this great line about what, you know, men at work, and and then he's just harassing her with his vampire joke. Finally, though, we find out she's the vampire. The tables have turned, and she is the vampire. He is dead, kills him. Yeah. We go back to Boston where Hans is saying how the New York murders could be a vampire but not be Dracula. Elijah doesn't seem restless, so that makes them think Dracula is still here in Boston. So their plan is they're going to keep an eye on Dolores instead. Then uh, we go to Dolores in the cemetery where at this point uh, Janice's grave says, rest in P. I caught that too. Rest in P. P-E-A-E-E. Rest in P. Rest in P. That's an unfortunate uh, spelling error on your gravestone. For I can for only assume it's because the Japanese, they didn't know how to spell the word correctly is how a mistake of that magnitude could happen. Well, I mean, it's only one letter off. I mean, you swap out the one E for a C and it's rest in peace. Uh, so just a little typo, but a, kind of an unfortunate typo because it's like rest in P, you know. <laughs> She's going to kill herself. Yeah, she can't live without her husband. She's or lamenting her son. the death of Janice, little Janice, uh, or Janice, or Janice, or um, the gravestone. Um, and then a big shining light from the heavens goes on her. And what I can only assume God says that he's not going to let her end her life. Heaven is going to give her a second opportunity. He opens the casket. Janice's body flies out. It's like all lit. And then. It's super bright. We switch to Dracula's cave where the light is shining even in there. And in a baffling bit of apparently psychic ability, Dracula says, that's heavenly light of revival coming from the cemetery. Like he knew immediately where that light was coming from and what it was. Then he, and then he, he freaks out because he figures out what that light is and who is in that cemetery. Yep. And he was like, oh, no. <laughs> He's like, it, it's, it, he knows it's his enemy. Yeah. And they're going to bring him back to life to bring his own downfall, confronting his own son, heaven versus hell. Which is exactly what happens. And Janice is, or Janice, how, how are we saying Janice? Janice? We'll go with Janice. Janice is reborn through this heavenly light. He's, uh, resurrected right. to everybody's surprise they're they're the uh vampire guys uh, uh, hunters are in the back watching this and they're like what's going on here so he comes back to life right yep. which is a surprise at this point like this has been odd and bizarre enough but at this point the show really is just taking batshit crazy uh turn here where not only does dracula automatically know what this is i don't know how john is is suddenly an adult in this bizarre superhero costume that he's wearing that's Terrible looking. And uh, Dracula knows he was resurrected specifically for his destruction. Has this happened before? How does he know all this? Your guess is as good as mine? uh, Good good versus evil. He sees the uh, light. Uh, In the beginning, they said light versus darkness. It's, uh, I guess, pretty straightforward. Uh, And, uh, well, apparently he was right, because his son says that uh, he has to kill him. He has no choice. It's not punishment. It's justice. Um, she begs him not to do it, but he says he's sorry. And then he turns into a hawk and flies away. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. He could t- turn into a hawk. He just flies away. And uh, 
And then the, the vampire hunters confront him. He says, how, uh, now we find out that Hans, that Dracula had killed his entire family. His, his mother, his wife, his father. I think he said he even killed one of his children. Which, why this wasn't in that earlier flashback, your guess is as good as mine. With Like a lot of things in this, your guess is as good as mine. I want to destroy him. And she says, why, he asked her, why would you love an evil monster? And of course, she uh, defends her man again and says he's a really sweetheart and he's a good guy. And he doesn't want to be vampire or something. And the most galling statement I've ever heard. She says, his torment is far worse than the acts he's committed. Like, you know, impaling a bunch of people, killing this guy's family. I don't know how many orphans this guy made, but nope, nope. His torment is much worse than those acts he's committed. Then we get the flashback of her reckless life before. Oh, yeah. She's really hanging uh, out with bikers. Her rebellious phase. Yeah. Drinking in bars. Said that uh, she didn't even believe in the occult when uh, she uh, joined the Black Mass. She talks about that. It was a weirdly timed place for that. It just seemed like that didn't need to be in the middle of all that. Again, the show could really benefit from an editor. So then there's a big confrontation with Dracula and his son where uh, he says, how you'll only understand hate and vengeance. Um, he needs blood, uh, but his son tries to stop him. He even says, you're no longer my son. You're my mortal enemy. And I think uh, John is, uh, feels the same way. It's, uh, they both have the they're really clashing here. It's destiny. Janus yep. versus Dracula. It's really set up for a showdown here. There's kind of some fighting and jumping. But then in a one of many baffling decisions, Janus shoots laser beams out of his eyes. That's the light. That's the light of uh, the good, the light of heaven he's shooting out. <laughs> like uh Optic blast of pure light energy. Even though Dracula says that he's inherited these powers from him. I don't remember Dracula ever shooting laser beams. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's right. He does shoot a uh, like a lightning bolt out Yes, of right? where another baffling power where Dracula shoots like a big lightning bolt of flame at him. Yeah. <laughs> Dolores is attacked by a cloud of smog that uh, carries her to the Black Mass. She's out there out cold. That was obviously the work of you-know-who, right? Yeah, that was obviously Lu- Lucifer. Yep. Who's laughing, laughing the whole time, and uh, catches Dracula in a circle of flame. It's implied he brings him to hell. He says, well, I brought you home, but they don't actually say he's, uh, he's brought him to hell. Yeah. And he says that it, he doesn't care about Dolores. It's just the fact that Dracula betrayed him. That's what pisses him off so badly. And it says how love is a transgression against Satan. That also doesn't, that really gets in Satan's craw. Yeah. Yeah. That was some, some deep stuff right there. <laughs> he tells her to let her go. And that Satan just laughs again at that. We find out that love is Satan's weakness, right? Yep, because... we do. Because Dolores actually gave the son the powers, not Dracula. So um, yeah. I was a little confused about this part, to be honest. Dolores. I think the writers were confused about this. So uh, Satan, uh, the devil uh, guy, he takes out Dracula, right, at some point? or um, Yeah, he's going to do that, but she doesn't even know what she's talking about, that she has any kind of powers. We've yet to see any indication up to this point she has any powers. Right, and so Dracula's kind of like knocked out or something, and, and, and he's about to deliver the death blow or something like that, and Dolores just... Uh, Somehow, uh, yeah, he also uh, shot lasers out of his eyes, which Dolores oh, repelled. Yeah. yeah, he repels. <laughs> she repels his, uh, you know, his lasers with her own power, which uh, uh, really hurts him. He's like in a lot of pain. Yeah, so he just is like, uh, "Well, I'm out of here. See you guys later." And he's just like, uh, "Yeah," he sends him away. Says he's going to get his revenge. Yeah, but no explanation is given. Spoiler alert! Ever. And what the deal with Dolores is. You don't know if she's an angel, a child of God. We don't know what it is. She just has these powers. That's it, yeah. She's the power of power of love. I hope that's good enough of an explanation. Of Dracula. She loves Dracula. She could, you know. They get back. Dracula can see himself in the mirror, and he realizes that Oh yeah, he, he's human now. He's right. mortal. So I guess, uh, yeah, the devil uh, took his powers, right? Yep, man. I mean, I'm mortal. Then we switch to a bizarre scene where the, the vampire hunters are in the streets and there's this weird like detective seventies music playing in yep. the background as they do this. Dracula walks right by him and uh, he ignores him. Elijah doesn't even react. Yeah. So he's not sensing any evil. 
Yeah, so they're getting right that, the evils out of him. And then uh, they follow him, and he takes a train to New York City. And then uh, we go to uh, Dolores again with her son, who tells him that uh, he's going to New York to confront him as well. Here we go back to the vampire hunters, and they yep. tell, they report to um, Hans, they saw Dracula. Get on the train, which they go. And they're going to New York, so everybody's going to uh, New York. This is where Dracula says that he needs Lilith to turn him back into a vampire, or Layla, as she's referred to Layla, on the show. Yeah, Lilith, his daughter, right? Yeah, we get zero explanation of a connection between these two. No, they, they, they never say she's anything. his daughter. We never say they're friends. Never, never anything. Nope. That just, I just, explanations, plot holes are just over, overrated, I guess. A great scene where Dracula mugs a couple for their wallet. He needed sus. They, they made it look like he was, um, you know, when he's uh, lunging towards a victim to bite their neck. But he's actually just mugging the guy for his wallet. Gets his wallet, goes to a restaurant. He's like, I'm a, uh, this can't be, I'm a common thief. He's reduced to, basically he's reduced to mugging people so he could buy hamburgers, which is the next scene. Yep. <laughs> Classic Dracula eating a hamburger. And This was one of the iconic moments of this movie was uh, Dracula chowing down on a cheeseburger. <laughs> he has no evil aura anymore. They can't kill him if he's no longer a vampire. Then... We switch to him in the park following uh, Layla with a, or Lilith, whatever you want to call her, with another dude, all the way back to her apartment where she's, we get a cheesecake shot of her taking a shower. Uh, her boyfriend says he's going to open some wine, and she says the yeah. classic line, I never drink wine. Wine, yeah. She, the classic Bella Lugosi line from original Dracula. Yep. I she, didn't catch that. That was uh, that was uh, uh, actually a Bela Lugosi reference. Yeah, from the original Bela Lugosi movie, Lugosi says, "I never drink wine." Oh, that's yeah, that's a good so one right there. That Dracula just walks in, knocks this guy out. Lilith comes out of the shower wearing her costume. Yeah, then she's uh, yeah, she's totally in Vampirella mode right there with yeah, her wearing uh, a costume. She's blue skinned. She says that uh, he wants her to make her a vampire again, but. She attacks him. She ain't going to help him. She betrayed him. She turns on him and leaves. That's the last we she see of her. Out the, she flies out the window, doesn't yep, she? Yeah, turns into a bat, flies out. The last we see of her, we get no explanation, no backstory. Why it's even in the damn show, I have no idea. You could have just cut it out. We see of Layla. Um, <laughs> it saved us 10 minutes of this damn show. He shows up, his son. He can't harm him because now he's mortal. Yeah, and the heart is that the uh, vampire hunters and... And Dracula's uh, son, yeah. They see him and, and they say, you know, um, uh, Hans is like, we can't kill a Dracula. He's a uh, mortal. It would be murder yep. because, uh, you know, he's just a regular guy. Janice uh, has the same approach, too, that he can't kill him in mortal form. Also. Yep, which begs the reason why is he still on Earth if uh, if his whole purpose of being on Earth is to kill Dracula. Yeah, his, why is he destiny, still there? His destiny was to uh, you know, rid the earth of Dracula. So Dracula somehow makes it back to Transylvania. I don't know how because he's mortal. He can't turn into a bat. I guess he mugged somebody else for some more money to buy a plane ticket. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Goes to a graveyard and digs up Melissa. M-A-L-L-I-S-A. I don't know if that's the spelling or if that was just a mistake. Again, a character we get no backstory on. No yeah. history. We don't know what the hell's going on. So yeah, we're in a we're in a cemetery, and uh, these uh, these vampires here they kind of had a real zombie vibe to it. I guess they kind of reminded me. Of, they're, they're all blue as well. And they're yeah, all blue. They do look like um, zombies. Torn up clothes and stuff like that. They look like half uh, half um, decomposed almost, but but they're vampires. And Dracula says how he, he he's he's sorry he had to wake her up early. The guy's been in Boston for who knows how long, at least a year. How long has this bitch been uh, buried underground? <laughs> Looked like a long time, yeah. <laughs> he wants her to turn to a vampire. She laughs. She, she won't help her. He's no longer the master. Sir Tomo is now the new master. Um, and all the vampires, they're going to attack Dracula. Yeah, they all turn on him. He was like, but no, I'm your master. You have to do this. And they're like, no, I'm sorry, nope. man. We got a new, uh, there's a new vampire boss. He escapes to a nearby Tomo. farm where there's uh, three kids by themselves. Yeah, he gets chased. Uh, they aren't going to let him in, but uh, once he says there's vampires out there, they, they can't leave him yeah, out there. Yeah, you see all die. the little vampire bats flying around, banging on the windows and stuff like that. He gets in. The kid says, oh, uh, let me offer you some hot soup. He smacks the soup out of his hands, 
Don't be a fool. Our lives are in danger. It's no time for soup. No time for soup. <laughs> Dracula, let it be known. He might like cheeseburgers, <laughs> but he sure as hell doesn't like soup. Finally, uh, they kind of break in, but they feel the vibrations of the crosses that's uh, hurting them a lot. Dracula fights some of them off. He grabs a cross to do it. It kind of burns his hand, but he can still use it. Yeah, that's a that's another thing. Um, he was mortal, but he still that seems like a little bit of a plot hole. Yeah, how he's mortal yet the cross still. Yeah, uh, the cross <laughs> was still burning him at that point. But hey, so then he confronts Tomo, and Tomo says how Lucifer himself gave him the name Master, and he challenges him to combat for the right to be a master of the vampires. After a uh, fight where Dracula is pretty much getting destroyed, he finally puts his hands on uh, Tomo's face, which burns him and turns him to dust. And uh, you find out uh, it's because the sign of the cross was uh, burned into his hand, but the vampires think it was Dracula, so now yep. they serve him. And he says he's been used as an instrument of heaven. They they want him to be their master again, but he's just he was all set with that. Um, he just got out of there. Goes back to the castle. So, yeah, well... Where was this castle? At this point, are we back in Transylvania? Yeah, he went back to Transylvania. So this graveyard he, and all this stuff was in Transylvania. All this was in Transylvania. Yeah. Okay. We have no idea how he got there because he can't, yeah, he's I wasn't not a vampire sure anymore. He has no money. So how he right. got there is anybody's guess. Uh, the vampire hunters are there and Hans has a secret plan, but he cannot divulge it. He's going to take on Dracula alone. And uh, Dracula gets his powers back because he's in his castle. I don't know if it's his, um, you know, vampire soil. Yeah, it says how the castle must have given him his powers back. Yeah, being in his, uh, getting that home cooking in the castle really just, you know, re-energized his vampire essence, I guess. And Hans uh, shows up. They have a final showdown where he stands up out of his wheelchair. So <laughs> yeah. as the whole time, has he just been faking it? Yeah, that was a surprise. He just he just stands up, and gets out of the wheelchair. It looks like he walked just fine. That was he just... stabs him with a silver cane. He pulls it out. Looks like he's gonna kill him. But then we find out the wheelchair has been a bomb all along, and it completely blows up the entire castle. Apparently, killing Hans and Dracula in the process. Now we know where Breaking Bad got the idea for Hector Salamanca and uh, Gus Fring. Uh, it was an homage of. Tomb of Dracula, Sovereign of the Damned. Which, if I remember correctly, that is actually how Hans Harker, Quincy Harker, died in the Tomb of Dracula. And it was in the, the comic yeah, book as well. Yeah, he blew up the castle trying to kill Dracula. So they're both dead. The whole castle's blown up. Jonas, she, he apologizes to his mother saying that now he can go back to heaven. But they leave her newborn Janice, who's back from the dead. And that's the gift to Dolores, who we again never find out. So he goes back to baby form? Like, he floats up to heaven, but then oh. the baby's alive. Okay. And she has him. I guess it's her reward. Uh, I mean, we don't really get an explanation. We never get to understand what Dolores' deal is, what makes her so special. Just take it for what it is, I guess. And then we get this big going out speech from the narrator about how now just the ruins of the castle of Transylvania stand and life and love are everlasting. And there you have it. Dracula, Sovereign of the Dam. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, that was great, yeah. Uh, I, it was, I want to give him benefit of the doubt that a lot of this was lost in the Japanese to English translation. But Jesus Christ, there are some really bizarre decisions and weird things going on and really could have, <laughs> I hate to harp on it, yeah, a little bit of editing would have wouldn't have hurt. Yeah, but uh, I guess trying to trying to squeeze all those, uh, they they were using the actual plot points of a lot of the uh, yeah. Yeah, they Dragon borrowed a bunch of plot books. points from different episodes of the of episodes different yeah. episodes of different uh, issues different issues of the comic. This thing's got me so worked up I can't even talk straight. <laughs> all right, on that note, before we get into more details, we're gonna go right to the spectrometer. Spectrometer is where every week we review what we just saw. Zero Spectros being absolute garbage. Four being doesn't get any better than this. Eric, how are you going to rank Dracula, Sovereign of the Damned? You know what? I'm going to give it a four. 
four. <laughs> yep, I like the animation. The animation was great. Uh, the music, I liked. Sure, some of it was a little goofy, and it didn't. You know, there's some plot holes. But uh, maybe it's just because I'm a you know Tomb of Dracula fan, so I'm probably giving it an extra point. But uh, a four. That's like. It doesn't get any better than four, so well, you're going to go four. That's it. Yeah, I think it's underrated, personally. <laughs> I think it's a little bit underrated, honestly. I, I, I enjoyed it. All right. Uh, we're going we're gonna to clash a little bit on this one. That's fine with I, me. I, I, you know. I'm going to give it a one and a half. I thought this was ridiculously long where it could have been edited down. It could have been like 50 minutes long. It, everything is dragged out for so long. Plot yeah, it was points a movie. that go nowhere that could... The whole his daughter thing could have just completely been removed and it wouldn't have made a difference. They, they suffer from too many ideas trying to jam into one story. The music's all over the map. Uh, plot holes <laughs> galore. <laughs> like, well, I look, yeah, that's a fair assessment. I, I, I'm not I like disagree with it. That they that. borrowed a lot from the comics. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was good. But, that was oh, good. brother. They did that. Oh, do we. Uh... <laughs> but did you. Uh... <laughs> Tell us what you think. Did you like it better than we did? If you did, that's great. If not, that's all right as well. You couldn't have liked it any better than Eric did, but you certainly probably couldn't think it was any worse than, <laughs> than I did. I think we can both agree it's batshit crazy. It is pretty crazy, but uh, uh, maybe it's the uh, nostalgia for that old 80s uh, animation stuff. Different strokes uh, for different folks, I, I guess. I enjoyed it. Uh, I always ask this question, but I know the answer. If a child in 2022 came across Dracula... Sovereign of the Dam, would they enjoy it? Uh, they may. I'd say it's it's more PG-13. Would it be PG-13, maybe? I would probably, yeah, say, or a TVMA, whatever TVMA, you want to call it. TVMA, yeah. So um, you have to take that into account. But I think uh, they might like it. I mean, it has that anime style that the kids still like today. Uh, I think maybe an older, like, preteen, maybe. Not so much a, yeah. a kid. Just especially because also it's very anime style, so... Right. That's very popular, so I think some of the preteen kids might enjoy it because it is very similar to a lot of the animation of today. That and if, uh, you're somebody who's into, um, you know, the horror genre in general. Uh, if you have an appreciation for scary themes like, you know, werewolves, vampires, those sort of things, how's that going for it? You know. Well, what did you think out there? If you want to go to my social media and let me know, comments are welcome. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Spectro. While you're there, if you could follow me, I'd appreciate it. You can go to my Facebook page. Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Follow me and like me if you can. Give me your two cents as well. Also, smash that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. Um, and comments are always welcome and ideas as well. Eric, I really want to thank you for joining me today. I hope you had fun. I did. Thank you. I hope you come back and join us again in the near future. All right. And I want to thank you all for joining us. And then tune in again next week for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Excelsior!